Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast episode 501. Craziness, right? Thank you all for all the love for episode 500. Yeah, just amazing reaction. Um, I really appreciate you all tuning in. If you you missed it, go and give it a listen. And then, yeah, it also seemed to give a lot of people episodes to go, go, go back and listen to. So that's pretty cool as well. So thank you all for doing that. I hope you're all enjoying it all. Um, one of the things that we realised, me and Buddy Peace, when recording that episode, was that we've not I've not done an Ask Pip in like several years. So, I've, you know, what better time than now to kick off the new the new run? Um, we're brought to you as ever by Speech Development, Ruckles.com, Patreon.com forward slash Scroobius Pip, and Twitch.tv forward slash Scroobius Pip, yo. Let's get on with the podcast, right? I don't know how, how long this will be. It could be a long one. It could be a short one. And my voice seems to be already going a little bit. So we'll see how we get on. Buddy Peace, let's drop the music. This is episode 501 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. And it's with you lot. It's with you lovely lot who submitted um, questions on Instagram. So let's go. Right, I don't know how I'm going to go through these. I'll just kind of scroll about and see what catches my eye. First question there, how has Finley changed your life? Immeasurably, immeasurably, easy answer. So, that was from Kootenai Dan, by the way. Ben Runnerpants, I said I'd give a big answer to this because it's a big question. How do you find the insecurity of acting and the rejections? I imagine with poetry and music, it was easier to drive your own creativity and release projects. I know you just turned up and performed to cues back in the day. I can imagine acting isn't the same on that front. Yeah, that's a big one, man. That's a big one. And I'll try not to to, to go too long into this, but it is something I've had to adapt to massively. On the rejection front, I got, I've got quite good at just seeing auditions as a chance to to workshop a character, right? So, so there's not very many that that hit me hard when I don't get them. Obviously, every now and then, but the earliest thing I learned in this industry, you know, I'm, I'm really blessed to have great agents. So I audition for loads of stuff and I get a fraction of it. I had like an 18-month period, at least, I think, where I didn't book a single gig. And that was coming off the back of being, you know, one of the leads, like the lead bad guy in an NBC show. So my my biggest role to date was followed by 18 months or so of rejection. But I think I'm lucky that I'm always working away on other stuff, good support network, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, you're right about in poetry and music and everything, I could just do stuff off my own back. And this is more about script writing and, and directing and all these other things. So... Acting is one thing, but I've been working on scripts for a good five or so years now, maybe six years, and I've had a few in development. And that's the one that's really weird because if you don't already have the contacts, again, it's the classic people want new voices, but people also want you to already have experience and things like that. So it's a weird, tough one there. But the, the main work thing in my life at the moment is 
finding routes to get this stuff m- 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 made. For finding routes, and I've got a mate helping me. I won't go into too much detail, but yeah, finding routes to get stuff made in the way I put my albums out on my own record label and I put my podcasts out on my own podcast network and things things like that. Finding the balance. Because you can just get a camera and go and make your own stuff, but half the times it won't be to the standard you, you want it to be or it will be impossible to get it in people's eyes, in front of people. So there is a balance. But I do, I am learning that not necessarily all the walls that are thrown up in this industry are worth accepting. (laughs) In my youth, I did a lot of stuff that involved climbing over walls that were were put there to keep exactly people like me out. And some walls you look at and you go, right, that's got a hazard sign. That's got something dangerous behind it or something behind it that you have to be supervised to go towards, to go through. You may need expert advice or guidance. And you go, right, I'm not going to just jump over that wall. I'm not going to find a way. But there's other walls that you're like, oh, this is just rich people trying to keep people like me out because of who they are and who I am. And they're the walls that I'm currently building ladders for. (laughs) And chipping away at. Yeah, it's an interesting one. As I said, I could do a whole podcast on this, this really, because it's so at the forefront of everything right now. So yeah, I guess that that probably answers that. But yeah, it's a weird one. As I said, there, there are, in this industry, that there are certain walls that are warranted. There's a lot of areas that, that I'm like, right, I can't just do that off my own back because I'm not experienced in it and I need to learn it and I need to... N- no, and again, like this last year, there's been stuff that I've not been talking about publicly at all that has been purely learning and research and get, getting myself into a position to go, right, that bit, with enough effort, I reckon I can pull off. That's kind of where that one is. Anyway, um, Inflagrante every day. Are there any more corner boys coming? I'm sure I recall you mentioning that there was plans to do more and with Brett Goldstein being a massive star now, surely there'd be at least a, th- a three-figure budget available. Yeah, there's no plans at the moment. Brett Goldstein is the busiest man in the world and it brings me such joy because um, anyone who's heard early episodes of this podcast or even when I was on Brett's Films to be Buried with podcast will know that I've held Brett in the esteem that the rest of the world holds him in now for years. Um, And I don't just mean as a friend, I mean as an artist, as a creator, as a writer, as an actor. I've seen the Brett that the world is now finally seeing for years now. So it brings me so much joy to see all the successes he's having. Multi-Emmy award winning. You know, his new show Shrinking on Apple TV is amazing. I'm, I'm loving it. Ted Lasso is obviously amazing. He's knocking about with Muppets on Sesame Street. It's astounding. So yeah, no corner boys for now. But, you know, obviously, if Brett dials that number, I'll be answering with a quickness. Mike Reed, 1988. And that's R-E-A-D. Not any of the other Mike Reeds. Which comic book character do you think you'd be a good casting for? Now, this is an interesting one. Because I've had an answer to this. It's the same as Dream Roll. I've answered this previously on Ask Pips. And as I've just said, we've not done an Ask Pip. 
for a few years. And my answer has always been the Midnighter, who's a DC character who's in a group called The Authority. I just think he's an amazing character. I was talking to a mate about collaborating to try and write a Midnighter script just for ourselves and then to try and pitch to DC and that because it's one of many overlooked characters in the DCU. But James Gunn recently took the helm or took the reins at DC and one of his big announcements was they're going to be doing The Authority. I think they said as a film, it might be as a series. And as said, Midnighter is a key member of The Authority. So the slightly annoying part is I think it's happening on too big a scale too soon for me to realistically be in the running, if you know what I mean. Like, I'm working away. I'm I'm building. I'm uh, I'm developing as an actor. I'm building my portfolio and my skills, my reputation and my name. And yeah, I think if it was a few years down the line, I might be in a position to start start hustling to get that role. But I reckon I'm probably a little bit too under the radar there. But um, yeah, that would be the dream, dream role, dream character. Um, in fact, there was another question. Let me see, because it ties in, because I was about to say something, but I may as well give someone else a shout here. John C. Shanks, is there a role that you would go clean shaven for? That was the question I was, I was looking for, because for Midnighter, I'd have to shave, I reckon. 100% I'd go for that. But the answer to that is any role that warrants it, that is of an appropriate size. And let me explain that. I had a role recently that I got and they asked if I'd be up for shaving. And my character's only in one scene really briefly. And number one, I, I mean, I like, I'm like i used to having a beard. I, I like having a beard. I don't think it's, the, it's that important. I don't think it's the, that big a deal. It is just a beard. But it also is a distinctive thing that people identify with me and I think certain roles I go up for, it makes me stand out or or at least makes me able to offer something that a lot of actors haven't got to, to offer. This sounds so stupid over analysing a beard, but yeah, a decent enough size role, the right character, I'd shave it off in a heartbeat. Um, I feel these are all film and TV based at the moment, so let's try and get a few that aren't. Bamba James, would you be willing to lend me a tenner? No. Hairy Tattooed Man. Any plans for some special 500 episode pod merch? Also toddler merch. I know I've asked you this on on Zoom and you had reservations, but I'd love to get some for my daughter and nieces. Yeah, it's a weird one. I'm, I'm easing up on merch in general. I mention it at the beginning of every single episode of this podcast and it doesn't exactly fly off the shelves anymore. And it's kind of weird having merch now that I'm not a touring artist anyway. Like, merch was always... Tour, tour based. You got a merch t- t- table, so um, yeah, I've eased up on that anyway. So I've got no plans to do new merch, new lines of merch. That may change down the line, but yeah, at the moment, no plans to do merch. Art by Ty. If you ever ended up on Taskmaster, who would you want to be your contestants that would make it the best series ever? I've no idea on that. Every time I'm tagged in a here's my dream Taskmaster lineup, I swear it's with normally three other white men and one white woman. And one of the great things about Taskmaster is the diversity of characters, of races, of genders, of, of sexualities, 
of all these things. And that gives a really interesting mix on the show. If it was all really similar people, they would have similar ideas and similar solutions and it would just be boring. So yeah, I don't know who would be my dream lineup, but I have thought for a while that if I was to go on, I would hire Tim Key to be my kind of lawyer in the studio. So I'd pay him to be sat behind me on a little stool because I think Tim Key was one of the best at arguing and is one of the best at arguing his 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 case. Um, and I like the idea of if I've got one that I feel isn't going right, calling upon Tim to fight my corner and be, be, be my legal representative. But yeah, all that to say, I don't know. Brian May, 1977, if you could sit down for a round table chat with four living musicians or actors, who would it be? Four living ones. That's tough, isn't it? I, I mean, my instinct there was to go with my pals because it'd just be nice to hang out with, with, with some of my pals. But I'm going to go on the opposite end of that and go with people that I'm interested in but haven't had a chance to chat with, maybe. And musicians aren't high on, on that 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 list. Um I don't I don't listen to an awful lot of music these days. Olivia Coleman has come to mind immediately because because we had a brief chat while we were next to each other in the makeup chairs on a project at the end of last year. And I think she's great. So I'd maybe go Olivia Coleman. Oh hang on. Can I make this a big a big a link? No, I don't think I can. As as I was going to say Coleman Domingo. So I've got Elizabeth Coleman, Coleman Domingo, and then but then I've not got anyone called Domingo to continue that chain with. But, but let's go with it. Let's go with Olivia Olivia Coleman, Coleman Domingo, Childish Gambino, because the O's in there and because it's fucking Childish Gambino. And maybe I'd just get Stevie along, Stephen Graham, so I feel comfortable. Because he's my mate and he's on a, a level with all those. There we go. Josh Weller. If they managed to keep both Commander Rikers alive in the buffer stream, why did Janeway have to kill Tuvix? Great question. Uh, I'll DM you. I'll DM you, mate. So, Vaughn SG. Shout out to Vaughn SG. What is your favourite pasta shape? This is going to be really boring, right? Because like spaghetti, sh- normal spaghetti shape is really boring. But I've become a big fan of bucanti, bucatini, bucatini pasta recently. It is just normal spaghetti shape, but it's like really thick. It's thicker than normal spaghetti. It's almost noodly. So yeah, I'd go for that at the moment. I know that's not really the shape that's the... Anyway. Um, John Atfield Art. You've been making some great creative stuff on Twitch in addition to your acting and writing work. Do you see this platform as a way you could merge acting, live television and gameplay? And do you think more large-scale interactive community-based dramas slash games could be made using it? Shout out to John Atfield Art. Um, Yeah, it's really interesting. I've enjoyed playing with Twitch a bit and pushing boundaries of what I would initially have thought could be done on there. I'm not going to say of what could be done on there because there's probably people that I've not watched, aren't in my circle, that are doing 
far more ambitious things, but I've done a few things on there that are essentially short films, but short films with, like, the live audience are in the film with you and a part of it. So, yeah, it's a, a mad thing. Go and watch my Halloween stream if you haven't. I uploaded it to YouTube in the end because I think it works as a standalone, but there's there's been a few. There was a Christmas one as well where... It's interesting because it's essentially making... The way I approach some of these is coming up with kind of a film idea that (laughs) is based around a streamer and then kind of pulling that off with the audience there live, hopefully not realising that they're part of kind of a short film, if that makes sense. So, yeah, it's really interesting. I enjoy all of that. I don't know what the... um, the future of it is or what the boundaries are or the the limitations because equally I enjoy just going on there and playing computer games and ch- and chatting to people like I was, I was worried when preparing to record this ask pip that so I can't remember which stories I've already told on the podcast or that I've told on Twitch because I if 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 you've avoided Twitch because you think it's are just computer games. It's not really about that half the time. Half the time, it's you guys in chat, and we're just having a chat and going going back and forth. You're asking questions. I'm ending up telling stories. For example, a question here from Carla Louise Levin: How's your pigeon nemesis? That comes from a long rambly story I told on stream the other day about a pigeon that was my enemy for. S- several years and then a crow who is now my continued enemy I think I've spoken about both of them on previous episodes but yeah if not you're missing out aren't you you're missing out big time Instagram 1988 why don't you just block people who ask when are you making when are you next releasing music they clearly don't follow you and on platforms or podcasts or they're being trolls to wind you up it's an interesting one, Insta Gary, because someone else on here asked that. I gave my answer, and they were like, "It was G Man Muzza," and they were like, "Oh, this backfired. It was a joke. I can sense tension. I apologise. So it was all good." And then someone else, Dom Dom BS, was saying, "I think everyone else realises it's a joke, as he probably mentions every episode that people keep asking. Perhaps they actually aren't, and he's just not getting the jokes." I've also discussed this a little bit, probably on episodes. I know on an Instagram live once, but the joke stops getting funny at a point, you know? And it's a weird thing. I've talked about this before as well. Because of the drunk casts, there's a a lot of people who have a real intimate relationship with me and with Chris and Stu and whoever else and feel comfortable, you know, either like, Sometimes I'll get people being quite rude, but it's a joke. And if Chris or Stewart said it, it'd be fine. But as it's a stranger, it ain't that cool. But I don't, I try not to get too mad because it's like, right, because of the drunk cast and that, you kind of, it feels more acceptable. But the thing with the, the when are you releasing music is the fact is it was, I stopped making music nine years ago. So the people who are genuinely asking, it's kind of like, oh, that's a shame that they've not paid attention. But again, I don't think people have a duty to pay attention. There's a lot of people who just knew about Thou Shall Always Kill. Like I had someone on 
on Twitter a while back who really, no matter what I said, thought I was being rude to him and I wasn't. That said, like, I'd love you to make new music. I, I listen to Angles every day. I think they were a postman. They said, and it was a lovely a lovely message. They were like, I listen to, to Angles every day. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm not making any new music. But the good news is I've got four, three other albums and a live album outside of Angles. So hopefully that'll give you plenty to listen to on your walks. And they thought I was having a go. And they were like, why are you being a dick? And I was like, oh shit, no, I 100% wasn't. It's just not my assumption ever that everyone knows all of my stuff. So when people do ask, I don't assume it's a joke because there's, there, as I said, particularly the, the way social media is, you could have followed me for nine years on social media and not known that I've stopped making music because of algorithms and that. Not everyone is into the podcast and that's absolutely f- fine and, f- and fair. Not everyone is into podcasts. So, so yeah, there's that. But then the, when it's a joke, it's a tough one because like all jokes, the first few times, <laughs> all right, that's funny. After that, it starts to really get to your your mental health because it means that all the work you do, all the stuff you pour your heart and soul into and sacrifice part, parts of your, your, your lives for, you know that when you post about it, one of the first comments isn't going to be about it, isn't going to be excited, isn't even going to be someone that's going to give what you're actually posting about any attention or a look. It's going to be someone joking, yeah, but when are you going to make some new music? And as I said, the first few times, that's probably a f- funny joke, but nine years of the joke, I'm saying nine years, I could be wrong. I think it's seven years, actually, since I stopped making music. I don't know. But it's been some years. Yeah, a load of years of the joke, and it stops being f- funny. Um, but equally, to go back to Insta Gray's question, why don't I just block people? It feels harsh, because it is people trolling, but it's people just thinking it's funny. And again, I mentioned this here, not everyone is going to listen to this specific episode either. So yeah, it's a weird one. It's trying to keep that humbleness and awareness that I don't have an entitlement to everyone to know what I'm doing or where my head's at or whatever else, if you know what I mean. But also looking out for my own mental health. Like I block a lot of people on socials. I love blocking people. If someone seems like a bit of a dick, I'll block them in a heartbeat because I don't think social media is a is a um is a right. <laughs> or social media following Scroobius Pip on social media specifically, I don't think is a right that I'm taken away from people unjustly. It's just like, right, the, the, that person isn't on the same page as me. I'm getting an, a whiff of something I don't like. I would rather block forget about it and move on with my life. Like, I get people hit me up every now and then and go, oh, man, you blocked me. What did I do? And I'm like, I've no idea, man. Like, it, it will have been something happened in that moment and it's a block and move on. And I recommend that for everyone with any level of followers, two followers to two million followers. If you're going on there and checking stuff, block stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable. Block stuff that gives you an uncomfortable feel that makes you feel a bit, I'm not sure about this. And look after yourself because I think social media is really damaging for our mental health or can be. It has great access to our mental health. Let's put it that that way. 
it can be really good for, for uplifting, but it can be really good for tearing you apart. So don't get under the illusion that you have to be on there or that you have to engage on there in the way that everyone else engages. I think that's another thing that people don't realise. Everyone should engage with social media in the way that best serves their mental health. And that's not easy. Sean Cleary, when are you next going to to listen to music? I think that's in reaction. And that's a good question because I think it's a genuine thing. I don't listen to much music at all. Like, I don't know when I'm going to next listen to music, particularly new music. I've turned into that old guy that that doesn't listen to anything. In fact, I do know when I'm next going to listen to music, actually. And this comes into another question that was in there that I'm not going to scroll around and find now because the question isn't... but It references something in the question. I don't really use Spotify because of the deals that artists get. I think it's really bad for independent artists. In fact, speaking of I don't listen to, to music... B. Dolan, who's one of my favourite people and one of my favourite rappers, has sent me a load of demos like a week or two ago, and I still haven't listened to them. And B, as an independent artist, is having to try and figure out a way to survive in this industry for a third time. Because since his last album and since the pandemic, so much has gone over to streaming, the deals are so bad, it's really hard for independent artists to make a, 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 a living. And this isn't about to make millions. This is about to be able to do what they do because unless you're a rich kid, making music and not making any money off it isn't an option because you've got bills to pay and you need to eat and you need to live and things like that. So I'm talking about making enough money to be able to keep making music. I'm not talking about some greed thing of everyone needs to be a billionaire or a millionaire. And just as a footnote, I don't think... Billionaires should exist. Let's not get into it here. But yeah, so I don't generally use Spotify for that reason, but I have a Spotify account for speech development records for the label. I need one for all that business. So whilst my personal music consumption, when I consume anything, is I buy the stuff either on iTunes or wherever or physical. I buy and support the artists. I'm going to fire up Spotify at the beginning of March because all of De La Soul's back catalogue is going on there and I want them to be the biggest band in the world that week um, and I hope they are. Plug to Dave uh, of De La Soul passed away recently and we only had a few interactions. Me and Dan Lassac did a track with Post Denise Plug One of De La Soul really early on and it meant that when that we, it meant that we geeked together every now and then and when we did they really they greeted us warmly and De La Soul ch- ch- changed the world music culture they had such an impact and the fact that they would treat us greet us so warmly not act like the fucking icons that they are was always astounding and it's the reason they're only about to come onto Spotify is there was this big dispute with the label that owned all of their albums and they just hadn't been making money off them for years, for decades. And there was this big case and they got the rights back and they had to wait a certain amount of time to get the rights back. And now, and, and all of De La Soul's music just hasn't been available all this time. You know, unless you own the physical copies, it hasn't been available. 
but it's about to become available again. And it's honestly, it changed hip-hop. I genuinely, I'm not being hyperbolic, hyperbolic. When I say they changed the world, I truly believe they changed the world. And it's heartbreaking, man, that Plug 2 passed away just before their music was given back or put back in the public domain. So yeah, when their music returns to Spotify, it's beginning of March, I believe. I plan on playing De La Soul all day, every day, um, and devouring it, and reveling in it, and s- celebrating it. Yeah, so that's when I'm next going to be listening to some music. Green Peter Yu, or Green Peteru, have you considered going into politics? I honestly don't think there's a job I would want less. I ain't kidding. I ain't kidding. I would far rather go back to working in HMV. I'd far rather go back to working in Pizza Hut, in the kitchen I used to work there, Meadsy Base represent. There are no jobs I would want less than anything in politics because I think it's a horrific world to be in. And I'm going to leave that there. I was was about to, to go off on more tangents and rants, but that pretty much sums it up. It's a fucking, it's horrible. Fuck the lot of them, but also fuck people that say all politicians are the same because they're not. They might all be shit, but there are clearly ones that are worse than others. So to say they're all the same is is, uh, lazy and not wanting to look into it any deeper. And I know that because I used to say that as a teen. (laughs) I used to be a little anarchist. It's like they're all the fucking same. So no, they're not all the same. Like, it's my opinion that Keir Starmer is a fucking cunt, right? But, I think I think Rishi Sunak and the Tories in general are bigger cunts and even more dangerous cunts. So yeah, I said I wasn't going to go into it more, so I'm stopping there. Hans Grolo. I imagine that's someone whose name is Hannah um, and is a fan of Dave Grohl and Star Wars. Um, it's not. Would you rather swim in a swimming pool of warm piss or cold piss? Cold piss. Jeff Taylor, 1979, what's stronger, a a bottle of Newcastle brown out or a toilet? Jeff Taylor is a good old friend of mine, a dear old friend of mine. I inherited Jeff Taylor and it was lovely. Let me tell you a little bit about Jeff Taylor. Jeff Taylor was one of my older brother's mates from college, I think, or maybe not from college, from somewhere. And I knew him a bit. And then my brother went to uni in Wales and I kind of inherited Jeff and I was delighted. So me and Jeff in that period became dead close and would go out to to clubs together all the time. Jeff is naturally quite loud and gregarious, which means he doesn't mind driving to nightclubs and pubs and stuff because he doesn't really need a drink to get going. (laughs) So Jeff would often drive and I was always up for going anywhere because I was a lonely little virgin. <laughs> and on this particular incident, we went to some kind of punk gig at the Curzel in Southend. There was a band on or something, and we were little punks. I was drinking Newcastle Brown Ale because that's the first drink you get into as a punk. After you've done like lager and shots and stuff, you get into Newcastle Brown Ale. And we went to the toilet. And I kind of came out of the, maybe I didn't, maybe I'd weed at the urinal and then I'd finish my drink and I decided to throw my beer bottle because I'm a little punk and an anarchist, 
right? And I thought, I'm going to throw it into the toilet. So an actual toilet, a toilet, a proper sit-down toilet. So I threw it up in the air and it arched perfectly through the air, landed inside the toilet and smashed the thing to smithereens, which I wasn't expecting. Obviously, I felt even more cool and punk after the panic had had, had, had gone. Now, as a grown-up, I think, what a fucking prick. That's just destructive and a waste. Um, but yeah, that's why Jeff's asked that. I'd like to apologise. I'd like to say that smashing things isn't cool. But I'd also like to say that teenagers often have to go through a destructive stage because they're a, a whirlwind of emotions. So yeah, didn't think I'd be telling that story on the Ask Pip episode. Let's get a few more more questions in and then we'll get going. J. Henry, RHCP. What is one TV show you wish you could be or had been part of? Again, there's always ones that you'd you'd love to be involved in. The Last of Us is a prime example. My mate Craig is the showrunner on that and wrote that, and we were talking about it a lot when it was moving along, and we kept saying, "Oh, we'll have to, I'll have to do this, I'll have to get involved in somehow," and we just didn't. It didn't happen. There's a show called Babylon Berlin that I've talked about loads and I would kill to be part of. That's my actual dream dream show casting. It's German and I don't speak German, so that's a problem. But it is German set kind of in between the wars, I believe. So at some point there might be some British characters that come in. So I'd love that. That's another series I'd happily sh- shave my beard off for. But another one, again, a story I've told before, I was meant to be in the last series of Peaky Blinders. I got cast and everything. It was a small role, but I got cast. But it clashed with Debris. And Debris was, you know, a lead role, a lead villain in this new show. A show I'd hoped was going to be going on for years. It didn't in the end. But um, yeah, I did everything I could to try and make it work. And we just had to pass on it in the end. Um, So yeah, that's a shame. One Foot Dude, One Footed Dude. What's your favourite flavoured crisp? I'm not really into crisps. What's your favourite type of crisp? I'm not really into crisps. It's a controversial take. Just not really into them. I'll eat them. Don't don't worry about that. I'll eat them. I can't remember the last time I bought myself some crisps. I will eat crisps if someone else has put on a, a platter of crisps. And I'm saying crisps a lot. Who do you see winning between Jones and Garn and same for Leon Usman Free? I've no idea, man. You know that I don't... I like doing predictions on these things. I just like getting incredibly excited about them. Jones Garn, I'm really excited for, partly because it's the last big pay-per-view before my brother goes back to Malaysia, which is heartbreaking. It's 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 heartwarming and heartbreaking because I love having, having my brother just up the road, but I know how long he had to go without going to Malaysia to see his partner over the pandemic. So I was so happy the last time he went for six months and I'm happy again now but it's also a bittersweet thing because I miss my brother but um, I'm excited about that one Tramp Man Lovell when do we get our limited edition CDs from Redshift Rebels Drunk Cast Password was used and yet no reply from the rad dude Nelly says I'm assuming neither of them were sober enough to remember the offer no 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 I remember the offer clearly but I remember that the reason I suggested that people have to can only get them by 
DMing Chris on Instagram, which is the Redshift Rebels account, is because he's fucking awful at keeping an eye on his social media. He doesn't look at it at all. So this makes them extra special. At some point, I mean, he may never look and you may never get them, but at some point, he may look at those DMs. I've had loads of people message me about this. I've spoken to Chris since and I haven't mentioned it because that was the point of it. That's why I said that as the way to get it because it's like one of those mystical quests that you have to go on. I like getting a doctor's appointment. Like you have to be by the stone at 6am and say the password on the day. Yeah, that was kind of the, the point of it. So people, stop hitting me up. It's not my place. I told you clearly the way to get it is to say the secret password in a DM to Chris on Instagram. Now, even when he checks that and sees that, that's out of my control. That's out of my control. Blubberfish, when you listen to a song, what do you gravitate to first, the lyrics or the music? I think it really depends on the song. Like, there's loads of songs I love, and I don't know what they're about at all. And it'll be highlighted, and I'll be like, oh, shit. And it'll blow my mind. And there's loads of songs that, like, I've I talked about this with Spencer, Spencer Kite, on, 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 on his podcast. There's songs, there's big pop songs that I think are completely overlooked for pop beauty. Like I maintain that uh, We Found Love in a Hopeless Place by Rihanna and Calvin Harris. I just think that l- line, or all of the lines in it, I think are beautiful. And I think that line in particular is a beautiful line. And I think I've, l- I've looked into it. And I couldn't f- 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 find that it's a quote from somewhere else, because often that's the case. People, I have it all the time with um, the system has failed you, don't fail yourself. Even though in the song I say, as Billy said, it's a Billy Bragg line, as B- B- Billy said, from a song called To Have and To Have Not, I say, as Billy said, whether you have or you have not not wealth, the system has, the system might fail you, don't fail yourself. And I couldn't find that anywhere. And I was talking, the reason it came up is I think, um, don't you ever say I just walked away, I will always l- love you. Now, I Will Always Want You in Wrecking Ball by um, Miley Cyrus is one of the most beautiful refrains in a song ever. It's the pattern of it as well. It's the the, the melody. I think that's got loads of beautiful lyrics in it. So yeah, it it varies. Another one from one footed dude. What's your favourite hip-hop group of all time? I'm going Dayla, baby. Dayla forever. Georgie Scriven, it seems there is a podcast out there for almost everything now. What do you think might be missing in the world of podcasts and who would you want to be hosting it? That's a really tough one because there are so many podcasts, there's so many I don't know about. But podcast slash Twitch channel slash YouTube channel. Speaking of Chris, Chris Redshift Rebels fame for ages has talked about doing a board game, Twitch channel or a YouTube channel. There would be loads of Warhammer type stuff in there, but a, a real variation. He's really into all of that. And I think he's so passionate about it and so into it. I think number one, he would be amazing at it because he's just an engaging person anyway. But number two, I think he'd have the time of his life. And both of those things sound bloody lovely to me. The DRB, Pip, you you famously love a chat, but what I'd like to know is what's the longest time you've spent silent? You see, that's a really good interesting question and maybe the one to end on because I'm so 
I spend so much time silent. Like, for example, now, I know that recording this, I've not spoken for two days, right? And, and uh, when we used to tour, I used if, if we were touring and the support act was coming in, the, in our tour van rather than traveling separately, I'd normally take them aside and say, look, I'm really quiet. So if I'm not talking to you or engaging or whatever, you've not done anything wrong. I'm just a quiet, I'm not a chatty person. So it's kind of the opposite. One of the things I love about the podcast is it probably, it's probably good for my mental health in that I can really easily accidentally without realizing slip into not talking to anyone for a week. It's why I love the podcast and I love Twitch because both of them, I guess, force me to do something that I then really enjoy. Like I love all the conversations I get to, to, to have on it. I also like not talking. Again, you know, <laughs> I've backwards engineered this, but or, or backwards diagnosed, I guess. But I've always been one who likes my own company and likes to needs a certain amount of time just on my own with my own headspace. And I realised in recent years that's probably a lot to do with having with having a stammer. There's probably a lot of times when socially I'm either trying to get around my stammer or trying to restrict it or hold it back as much as possible or I'm letting it flow freely and somewhere subconsciously it's annoying me because I can't speak fluently. But when I'm on my own, I don't have to do any of that. It's why I've not got Alexa or Siri or any of them (laughs) or one of them TV remotes that you're talking to because I have to deal with uh, disfluency anytime I'm with other people. I don't want to have to deal with it when I'm on my own as well. So yeah, I go a long time without talking. So yeah, and the DRB, PS also, who sent Llama's hamper? That means that you're someone off Twitch. Again, there's a lot of people I just hang out with and and kick about with on Twitch. I love it. And I don't know. I don't think it was ever revealed. I know I missed a load of streams over Christmas, but I don't think it was. And then everyone just stopped talking about it. Now that's a mystery for anyone who isn't on Twitch. K29 Thompson, which are your top five episodes of No More Jockeys and why? I love No More Jockeys. I can't give you a top five because I've just watched them all in order and it's it's astounding. Um, if you've not watched No More Jockeys, I can't recommend it enough. It's on YouTube. Start with episode one and just have the time of your l- life. Yeah, enjoy it. I'm going to end on this one, I think. Maggers. Do you approach your different creative work in the same way or do you approach podcasting differently to music or acting differently to writing? Kind of double answer here, also kind of a cop-out answer, but a bit of both. The reason at the moment my main focus work-wise, the thing that comes above the podcast, comes above Twitch streaming, comes above everything, is trying to get this particular film made is because I've had a few a few different scripts in development and it, and it takes time. But this particular one, I think, is a film that n- no one else could have or would have written and no one else could or would make. Like, I'm a, a massive f- film nerd. So whilst loads of my other scripts will have a unique voice, will be unique to me, they'll still be kind of... They'll still s- s- sit in with certain genres of films or certain films that are, are my favourites because that's natural inspiration or I would have learnt from those films but this one kind of feels like nothing else and that kind of came about because I had partly because of the podcast I had a period where 
I had a few different people either reach out on the podcast or privately, like Idols, Sleaford Mods, Jordan Stevens, a few others, all reach out to say that my music was pivotal in their journey, like influenced them to make the music that they make today. Um, And I think when Thou Shout came out, no one else was doing anything like that and and no one else wanted to. So that was all of our albums, I think, really, at the time, was music that no one else would or could have made. And then, like, Blind Boy and Adam Buxton and others reaching out to say or speaking publicly about how much my podcast has influenced their podcasts and or have helped them along the way. It, 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 it made me really realise that, yes, I do look at the film industry and go, I want to be part of that and in that. I tell you what, um, Neptune Frost as well has been a big catalyst for this. Neptune Frost is a film I associate produced. I played a tiny part, but we're going to have a whole episode on it soon. It blew me away and it's astounding. And one of the things that really blew me away was it's a film that was made kind of without the film industry. And it's been embraced and adored. It was in the New York Times Films of the Year. It's amazing. But yeah, it made me think I've been spending all this time trying to get through that door. And then with this script, I've kind of gone, no, fuck them. They can come to me. And I don't mean fuck them in an aggressive way there I mean in a this film needs to be what it needs to be I've not really talked about this much publicly because I hate talking about shit that hasn't happened yet or isn't happening or whatever else because it annoys me I like to do stuff and then go here it is but yeah I won't talk about this much more I don't think or I'll try not to but I'm preempting you that at some point this project is hopefully going to appear in one form or another and it is going to be more important to me than anything I've ever made in my life. And any support that you guys can give is going to mean the fucking world to me. So know that now. (laughs) Know that now. The few people who are listening to the end of an Ask Pip episode, know that now that this thing, if it ever sees the light of day, this isn't going to be like when I post saying, give the podcast a listen, or please like and subscribe, or give us a five-star review, um, or come and watch me on Twitch, it's going to mean more than anything I've ever asked you guys to support and get behind. So yeah, there we go. That feels like a good point to end right, exactly on the hour mark as well. Crazy. Uh, Let's have the little intro um, xylophone music buddy piece. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Ask Pip, the first one in years. Ask Pip 2023. But what if I do another one this year? It can be Ask Pip 2 2023. All right, Ask Pip 2023. That's what we're calling it. Or maybe just Ask Pip. Who knows? Thank you for all the the lovely questions. I'll be back next week. I'm recording a few different podcasts next week so we've got plenty to come yeah until then stay safe and stay sane ta-ta <laughs>